Welcome to Football on the Rocks, where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the fantasy football competition. During the season, we will recap the action for the week, identify targets to stock up on and targets to pour out, discuss our weekly positional rankings, and give you our DraftKings DFS picks of the week. So, Grab your glass, maybe put some rocks in it, and join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts every week as we help you salvage your draft, win your league, and fight for the millionaire. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I am Joe Niehoff, your host. I'm joined by my brother Bobby and, of course, our good buddy John Merrick tonight. Uh, let's start with what we're drinking. Uh, John, what you got, buddy? This is off to a great start. Sounds delicious. I'll go ahead and go then. I am celebrating tonight, um, because the Minnesota Vikings won. So what am I celebrating with? I am celebrating with Rocknar. Bobby, do you remember what Rocknar is? Rocknar? That's, uh, no, I don't know what that is. I've seen it before. I know the brand. Yeah, it's delicious is what it is. Uh, it is a Minnesota rye whiskey. The one I'm drinking tonight is their Cognac cask finish. Uh, it is alcohol volume 94 proof, uh, for that and it is uh i don't know how they do i mean it's a great whiskey they do have a website uh farnorthspirits.com go check it out um but this is a description they give the rocknar uh a true field to glass rye whiskey born of grains grown by the distiller on the family farm meticulously milled fermented and distilled in small batches aged in 15 gallon oak barrels for a Minnesota. Oh gosh. Cooperage and cognac cask finish. Um, they do have this called a, a Aislet rye. Um, so very good in my opinion. Uh, very it's, it's smooth. So ryes are typically not as smooth. Um, and I'll take a quick sip. They typically have a little bit more of a bite to them. So this one does have a little bit more of a bite. Um, but I do enjoy it. Very good. This is batch 44, and I'm on bottle. Apparently, it's bottle 778. So good stuff if you have not tried it yet. Uh, and you're cheering on the Minnesota Vikings. Rocknar is a solid option. All right, Bobby, what are you drinking? Um, I am about to crack open this hazy. Uh, it's, it's a 99 problem, but the beer ain't one. Hazy IPA. <laughs> um it's called hazy by a new brewery that just popped up this year actually it's a 2021 established brewery up in uh the where are they it's in wait park minnesota actually wait park um, yeah so they old stopping grounds right? yeah baseball exactly the the uh brewery actually started from a couple of brothers um they began by testing out making craft beer in the uh, the old Crafts Direct um, back shed. <laughs> um, and the Crafts Direct, for those of you that don't, don't know uh, that store, it's literally what you think it is. It's a craft store that everybody's wives love to go to. 
Um, and so their their brewery is actually right uh, right next to the the Crafts Direct now, and um, they they're hosting events like every other weekend of like crafting and all this kind of stuff. So they're they're bringing all families and everybody in. Uh, they just last weekend had a like Santa Claus and the reindeer and a bunch of crafts they were selling. So they've kind of uh, integrated both things at the same time here. Um, but just a really cool new brewery. Hopefully uh, they get things really moving and, and shaking in a little bit here. But they're just joining into the whole entire uh, world of it all. Now this this hazy has a has a couple different bleda hops with some sabro hops, some citra. So I'm gonna open this up again from the bottom. Gonna save the new can uh, for the collection here, um, okay. and I will let you know how it tastes once I get into it here. All right, John, why don't you give us a little sneak peek on what you got before Bobby gets back? Yeah, I got something that uh, I think both of you will appreciate. You know, me and Joe have the uh, a big turkey bowl golf tournament tomorrow so i'm trying to stay hydrated and drinking some coors light (laughs) i do appreciate that john i need you at i need you to stay hydrated because tomorrow will probably be a little bit of a a show (laughs) and and i would like to inform you that the mountains are blue so it is in fact as cold as the rockies i love it (laughs) i love it i don't think there's a whole lot more to say on that but speaking of the turkey cup tomorrow Football on the Rocks is probably giving away a bottle of whiskey. Uh, and it's giving away one of my new favorites. Um, it's called Pipe Dream by Redwood. It is phenomenal. It's very good. Uh, and they're also giving, that's for the closest to the pinhole. And for the longest drive, the guy that hits it the furthest is a fun little basket of stuff we're giving away. Um, that's going to be a Weller uh, Special Reserve. Very good bottle on that one. So uh, that'll be fun. So those of you that uh, are playing and uh, doing the longest drive, you will probably have to be required to listen to this podcast (laughs) in order to win. Uh, So you might even hear uh, us talk a little bit about it before it starts. So let's get into uh, anything from last week that you guys want to highlight before we dive into uh, this week, the turkey week in fantasy football. Jonathan Taylor is a good running back. Mm, I disagree. If I if I would have held to my preseason convictions, my teams would have been significantly better than they've turned out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what? Why didn't you, John? You were scared. Did somebody scare you? Coaches talk kind of injuries scared me, and then I didn't. I drafted Swift on like. 10 teams in a row on DraftKings. I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't have them on every team. Yeah. But turns out I turns out I should have. Yeah. Especially with where he was going in many traps as well. Well, and we were I think we all were a little bit shy of him last week. And boy, oh boy, did he come out and play. So that was impressive and and uh Yeah, the best the best player on the worst team can still have value. Hundred percent. 100%. Hundred percent. All right, let's dive into this week then. I think we're gonna do it a little bit differently this week, just from a standpoint of talking about games. Um, right out the gates, we're gonna just talk simply about our Turkey Day games. So we got three of them: uh, Chicago, Detroit, Las Vegas, Dallas, and Buffalo versus New Orleans. I'm um, unfortunately, the, I think the most 
fun game to watch will be like Vegas, Dallas. You know, I don't know. New Orleans is just not fun to watch right now with no quarterback, but you know, who knows? We'll see. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to take the first one, let you guys take a little bit more time talking about the next two. Um, so Chicago, Detroit, uh, the most interesting thing about all this is Andy Dalton is now their starting quarterback again. Uh, and it's mostly because of an injury, I guess. Um, what was it? Ruled out for ribs. Ribs. Okay, there. I was trying to get through it here. Yeah, ribs for uh, Fields. So he won't be playing. So the one exciting thing or somewhat you know, exciting thing to watch in that game just won't happen uh, for Justin Fields uh, playing. Uh, and Jared Goff might not even play, right? No. He's leaning towards the direction of game time decision. Right. Leaning towards start. So, you know, God, it's just tough. If you're looking at like anybody to start in this game, Swift is a no brainer. And honestly, Montgomery is a no brainer. Um, Those two guys have some value and will be absolutely featured in this game. So I think if you have those guys this week, this is one of those weeks where you're kind of excited about it. Um, On the other side, some guys that, uh, you know, might have some sneaky value. Um, for me, the first one is uh, Marquise Goodwin. Um, not because I'm like, I wouldn't play him. I, I, I legitimately would not play him this week. But if you're doing a DraftKings game, he might be somebody 3800 bucks on DraftKings, so cheap uh, on that uh, Thursday slate. Uh, that could be a good, a good value for you uh, at the end of the day. So, Hawkinson, I think, is a starter. I don't think there's really anybody else, guys. Um, after I'm looking through all this, uh, maybe you'd play the defenses, right? You know, Detroit had a decent week last week on defense, so maybe maybe go with the defenses um, if you need a flyer there. But that's pretty much it. Not much more now. Who wants uh, Las Vegas, Dallas? I can take them. All right, go ahead, John. So I think the the thing to watch in this game and the thing to check on fantasy for pickups is it looks like Lamb Cooper's out for sure with COVID. And it looks like Lamb is going to be out um, with a concussion. So I think, you know, it's probably going to be heavy on Pollard and Zeke for the week. But I think if with Gallup coming back, if he's available, he's a good pickup and good wide receiver seat three flex option. I think more likely to be available is Wilson for Dallas. I think he's um, kind of, depending on how your team's doing, he's a flex option if you're heavy on Kansas City and Arizona. Um, Then, um, you know, Renfro kind of showed what he is last week with the Four, I think four catches and 30 yards. So I think he's kind of that low-end wide receiver three um, with I, – I still think he's not the high-ceiling guy. Um, but I think he's kind of that low-end wide receiver three he, who has a still has a solid floor for the year. Um, but I think it's maybe a game where if I have if I have a good backup quarterback, I might be fading Prescott. Um, and I might – you know, it's it. Who, who would you, if you needed a solid game from quarterback, who would you rather start, Carr or Prescott for the week? I'd feel uh, more comfortable with Prescott. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's that's a. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's ho- too hard of a decision, but 
I understand the worry I, is with right. Scott not being as good. What were you going to say about – well, we can get into the Kansas City later, John. But Well, Kansas, um, Kansas City is by for the week. Yeah, but so let's talk about Kansas City's defense last week because you mentioned they've been on a little bit of a tear these last few weeks in the second half. Yeah, I think over from week six to week ten, over that five-week span, they've allowed the fewest points in the second half of any team, I think, ever. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. Or to like the last of, ten years, because you asked that question: Who's better, Carr or Dak, this week? And the only reason. Like, I know the injuries to the wide receivers, but really the only other reason you're asking it is because Dak had such a poor week last week. But I think it's because he played Kansas City. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he played Kansas City and then um, Lamb goes out with uh, injury. So I I just think think they're going to rely heavy on the running game. I think it could be a slower game. Um, But I'm I'm just – I think there's probably a lot of quarterbacks that you could have or that could be available that would like well, more than Prescott for the week. And, and part of the source of that question is uh, that you're getting at there is he doesn't have all of his weapons to him. I mean, if receive might be Dalton Schultz at that end. Right, sure. Yeah. And so, um, Dak with his rushing that he does, plus half of his weapons, or a full weaponized car. So, I mean, it on the surface, it's not a question, but when you look at it a little bit more to John's point here, there is at least some question marks there in terms of what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. I think normally if you have Dak against Vegas, it's an easy start. But I think right. outside of the running backs, it's hard to start. And probably Schultz, it's hard to start. Um, Dallas, Cowboys. I, will say, I will say Dallas is still hopeful that they can get Lamb in this week. Um, concussions are nonlinear injuries, and so he could clear the protocols before the game on Thursday. I mean, even Mike McCarthy said he's making progress. He's a um, and get a little bit of light work in today. A little bit more tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, I there think that's the main thing for that game. And that for you if you're uh, looking at starting Dak this week. Absolutely. All right, Bob, why don't you take our last game here? All right, so first off, I just want to take a look at the, the injury reports for – New Orleans, because that I think is really telling and uh, may be helpful if people to uh, quickly after listening to this part of things. Um, but Alvin Kamara today on Tuesday uh, did not practice. Mark Ingram also did not practice, uh, which is very interesting. You want to pay attention to that, see who it is that you might have to throw in at running back if neither of them can go. Leave their running back is back from injured reserve from earlier, and so that is a guy that you may want to grab and and stash just in case. And then you know if he's not going to be playing, if Ingram is a full go or something, um, an easy drop. But if you have the roster flexibility, something to pay attention to. Um, other thing is that is that Adam Troutman, tight end for New Orleans 
it has a knee injury. He's out for a few weeks here now. They said four to six week injury there. Um, and so with that, uh, Juwan Johnson takes a step up and uh, becomes an interesting tight end, especially with what uh, how much they had recently been using that tight end position uh, for targets in the, uh, in the recent weeks here. Really, those are the only things to really pay attention to. Obviously, if Kamara's playing, you're playing him. Ingram's playing, you're playing him. Not so sure uh, with the third stringer there if you're going to want to go with that, especially against this tough, well, <laughs> used to be <laughs> tough Bills defense. Um, when you look at the, the Buffalo side of the ball, um, that is where you're, you're starting your wide receivers there. Um, really it's, it's hard to, I mean, for sure digs, you look at, um, you look at Beasley, that is where you're kind of a wide receiver three guy. I do like, uh, Sanders this week. I think he'll put in a, a, at least a top 30 performance for you. So definitely flex worthy if, uh, you're trying to make some decisions there. Um, Dawson Knox is back that should continue to trend upwards for them and uh, get a little bit more production there. Obviously you're starting Josh Allen if you have him. And, yeah. And I think, that, and, and just uh, with so many games coming in on Thursday this week, I think it's important that everybody just pays attention and make sure they have their lineup set. Right. Uh, just a, a reminder because there is a lot of players that will play. Um, so if you're not paying attention and you, and you don't do it, because it is Turkey day, man. I mean, everybody's a good family, so it can get a bit busy. Uh, why don't we start diving into some of the games this week? Uh, the first game, uh, well, anything else, John or Bobby, that you want to add on the Thursday night games before we dive into the weekly games? Sunday night games. No, it's no always, I think that. It's always fun to have somebody on those games um, just as something to cheer for. Yeah, I will we say. Talk, we and... have our, our DraftKings or our DFS podcast as well that some may listen to. And, you know, I, you know that's that's a good way to have a little bit of fun if you don't already. Right. Uh, and are we going to – we might even – you know, heck, we might even throw out a uh, a football OTR league uh, game for that. I don't know, Bobby. You can figure that yeah, out I'll, if you want. Um, I'll get something figured out for that. We'll do that. To give somebody something idea. to do that day. Bonus uh, day of – Bonus. Hey, bonus some. point, too, for us. The worst case well, – Yeah, for me. For, me. for John. Well, John gets yeah, another point. John's, John's – yeah, he's been doing well there. Yeah. Uh, but let's dive into these games. I'm going to take the first one just to get it out of the way. Jets-Houston. Now, in this game, uh, there are some potential startable players. Okay, so just real quick in that. Um, and I said potential startable players. Okay, very important for you to understand yeah. that. Number one, a good thing to look at here for the Jets. Running back Michael Carter is out. Um, so that brings in some if – you're, if you're in desperate need of a running back, probably like a – maybe a Tevin Coleman becomes an option. Um, but it, that'd be a, a very risky play. Elijah Moore has been impressive these last couple of weeks, um, so he's not a bad option. Uh, Davis should have a little bit of a, a comeback week with the potential for Wilson to be coming back and starting. Uh, I, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like both Flacco and White are on COVID protocol. So right. if Wilson doesn't play, I don't know what the Jets are going to do. Uh, the Jets have already said that he that Zach Wilson is their starter this weekend. Yeah, but do they go pick so, up like Colin Kaepernick and hope that Wilson doesn't get hurt or something? 
I, they'll they'll find some emergency quarterback to throw. Uh, in they'd there have, yeah, they'd have, they'd have, uh, they have, they have Josh Johnson on the roster. Uh, that's yes. right. That's right. He is the on perpetual, the, the perpetual close. third. The fact that he's still in the league is amazing. Anyway, um, getting into the other side of the football, uh, Brandon Cook should be a good uh, a good option this week as far as um, wide receivers. And it's an interesting – John and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, um, but it's interesting with what the running back situation is like right now in Houston. Is it a David Johnson? Is it a Rex Burkhead? Both those guys, decent matchup against the Jets defense. Could be startable options. Um, stepped over the headline there, Joe. What? What's the headline? Philip Lindsay he- out. Philip Lindsay was re- was removed from the team. He was well, released. Why do you think I'm talking about David Johnson, and Rex Burkett? I don't know. I, but you do, missed the you, you missed the punch. That, that yes, Philip I Lindsay do. No longer playing for him. I yeah. do. <laughs> that's that's the most important thing to say because otherwise everyone is like, oh, he didn't mention Philip Lindsay. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a good thing for Philip Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> thinking yeah. of dumpster fire, yeah. uh, but we'll see where he ends up. But anyway, so that's why I'm talking about David Johnson, Rex Burkhead, because now it's their backfield, or maybe you know who knows, maybe Royce Freeman takes over. Uh, but anyway, that gives you an idea. Those guys would totally only be flex plays in the deepest of leagues, um, but people to consider. So really, sum it all up. And I probably talked too long on this one already. Yep. Elijah Moore and Brandon Cooks are really the two startable guys. Everybody else is a possible flex. Who wants Tampa Indy? This is a good one. You can spend a little bit more time. Bobby, you want it? Okay. Tampa Indy. So you're starting Brady. He's uh, currently statistically second-best quarterback in fantasy right now. Um, Indianapolis gives up a lot of points. I'll just say that um, because to say how many they give up is a really big number that I can't count to. Um, especially as I'm drinking this really good beer. Uh, finally getting into that beer. Anyways, um, I don't know when it comes to running back side of things, like how excited you get by putting uh, Fournette into your lineup. Um, you're not like, oh, he's going to crush it every single week. But if you had to guess without looking, and maybe you've already, you already have looked, but what would you say – he ranks at Leonard Fournette in terms of uh, running backs this season. I think he's right around 10 to 12. Yeah, I was going to say top 10. Yeah, he's 12. He's at, through 11 games, he's running back 12. Um, so as much as you're not like, yeah, Leonard Fournette, he's the best, um, he, he's a top, he's a number one running back in 12 team leagues um, by, by his statistical standards. Now, he does go up against Indianapolis, who surprisingly, they actually the second best uh, defense against running backs, only have allowed three touchdowns all season long. So this is a week where if you're going to fade a, a, a guy that's typically a number one, um, this is going to be the week where you're still starting him, but I am not expecting anything over 12 points for him this week. Um, he averages 15, so I'm not saying much there, but at the same time, that would be about his second, third worst game of the whole season so far. Um, so just something to keep an eye on there. Now look over at what wide receiver position. Um, they, you, you have Evans, you have Godwin, you're starting them both. 
hopefully now here's a big big hope a big if hopefully we can get Antonio Brown back because that is a solid number three we we haven't really seen anybody else step up in that third third position there and Gronk didn't have a huge game finally back this last week but he is someone as well that you are starting um, especially against Indianapolis um, they are the fifth worst against tight ends of all positions. Uh, they've only allowed one 100-yard game all season to the tight end position, but they have uh, what four, five, six touchdowns allowed through 11 games. Um, puts them in bottom five. So definitely like Gronk this week. Uh, Indianapolis side of the ball, Wentz, ever since his nice little streak of like – five weeks of top 15 performances hasn't been so good lately. Um, part of that maybe is due in part to their running back, just kind of saying, you know what, just give me the ball. I'm going to take over. Um, and, and that's where anyone that was able to grab Jonathan Taylor, most likely at the end of uh, most snake drafts with 10 or 12 teams, you guys are very happy as long as you didn't, you know, shit the bed before we got to this point in the season. Uh, you're starting Jonathan Taylor, even though it is Tampa Bay. Um, I obviously don't see another 50-point performance here, but even against tough opponents, Jonathan Taylor is still putting up big numbers. Um, wide receiver side of the ball with Indy. You like Pittman, not really too excited about anybody else. And if you're really, really desperate, um, you know, Mo Alley Cox, could be a deep, deep flyer for you, but not somebody that I'm by any means overly excited about this week. Um, so temper expectations there. Good. John, you want to add anything to that? No, I think that covered everyone. All right. Next one on the list then is uh, Philly and the Giants. Go ahead, John. Philly and the Giants. That's not where I thought you were going to jump to. Well, listen, I'm just going down the list on uh, what I have in front of me, and I'm looking at DraftKings, and that's what's next on the list. So there you go. Well, Philly and Giants, I think this is probably big. Uh, a game that favors the running backs. Giants 28th against running backs. Um, Philly 25th against running backs. Sanders is back. He dominated the – um, rushing more than I thought he would had 16 attempts for 94 yards, um, but only had one target, which I think still limits his fantasy upside. But I think it kind of at least gives you more clarity into the backfield of he's the guy you want to start. Barkley's back healthy. I think it's going to be a good week for Barkley. Um, I mean, I think you're, um, I think you're obviously starting hurts this week. If you have him. Jones, I don't really think he has a lot of relevance against Philadelphia. I think they're going to try to take the pressure off of him and have it try to be slow it down, keep the ball off Hurts' hands, um, and then keep it uh, keep the ball going with Barkley. For wide receivers, I mean, it, I think it's just a tough matchup for the Giants wide receivers against Slayton. I really don't know that I would want to start any giant wide receiver. I think I just don't. One of them could hit, but, you know, who knows who's it's going to be. Um, 
it looks like Shepard's not going to play. Um, well, I, I guess it's still questionable. He didn't play uh, this week. I think it's up in the air if he's going to play. If he does come play, it's just more mouse to feed for wide receivers. And for Philadelphia, really the only receiver that you're starting is Smith. And then Goddard just signed that big tight end deal. So I think he's um, he's kind of the um, tight end you would want to play. Other than that, I think there's, you know, play the stars of the game. But I'm not I'm not going to go out there with too many Giants or anyone outside the big, you know, three, four plays for Philly. One thing that's interesting with the Giants in, in terms of Dallas Goddard, who you're kind of highlighting a little bit, is through week four, the Giants allowed a touchdown every single week to the tight end position. But since then, nothing. No touchdowns. Most most receptions in the game was last week with nine, 108 yards. Uh, but before that, they had, uh, in their last five games, three of those five, less than 40 yards receiving. Uh, and one of those games was against Kansas City. So that that is saying a little bit of something there. Um, you know, Goddard, definitely somebody to, like you said, be in your lineup. But, you know, if there is somebody to pivot away from this week, it might be him depending on what other options you got out there. Good. Very good. I got the next one, Carolina, Miami. And uh, real quick on this one, uh, again, not a not a, a long talker, I don't think. But, Jen, I have been talking, and even Bobby, I think you might have mentioned a little bit last week, Cam Newton is an intriguing play uh, for a lot that uh, are, are possibly looking at him. Um, it does appear that Darnold is, is still on IR, so it's still the Cam Newton show. I think a lot of people in Carolina are excited to have him back. Uh, and he, he provided a little pop for them last week. We had a good week last week, 20-some-odd points. Uh, McCaffrey, fully healthy, it looks like, ready to rock and roll. Um, those guys are no-brainers, and so is uh, DJ Moore. The last guy um, to mention on the Carolina side, he's he's had better weeks. I still don't know that he's startable. Um, so it's kind of more of a judgment to what you have on your team. Um, but Robbie Anderson – Last couple of weeks has had six targets since uh, Cam Newton's been a quarterback, and he's actually converted those targets. So, you know, we've talked about him having a lot of targets. He has had a lot of drops this year, um, but could be somebody worth looking at and and uh, and possibly playing. On the opposite side of the ball, uh, Carolina has a good defense, so it's tough to play a whole lot of anybody. I don't think this is a Tua week if you're looking to stream a guy. I'm not necessarily streaming Tua if it's me. Uh, but a guy I am looking at is uh, Waddle. So, Jen Waddle has been pretty consistent the last couple of weeks. Uh, Gaskins is a possible flex, but only because he gets the receptions. I would just not be excited about having Gaskins. Uh, and then Giusecki is uh, – he's, he's a hit or miss, man. I mean, it's it's a tough call with him. I know I think last week, Bobby, you said you thought he'd have a decent week. And, you know, he had five catches six targets, you know, so he was involved, um, but, you know, not just not the, the point scoring that you're looking for. So he's still a, a startable guy. You know, is he a top 12 this week? I'm going to go with no. Um, so that gives you a little bit of idea on what I like and uh, what's going on in that game. Any added pieces there, fellas? 
So, Joe, question with Cam, going back to the previous discussion. Who would you rather start this week, Cam or Dak? I knew you were going to ask. Once you just said that, I knew you were going to ask it. And I think because of – no, I think I'd rather start Dak. I was going to say Cam for a second there, John, but I, I still think Dak is the better play. Do we have a bet? John? Oh, of course. Oh. <laughs> of course we lost him. Are you back now, John? <laughs> no, he's not back. Oh. We'll get into that in a second. We'll oh, ask yeah. him when he comes. All right. Oh, wait, there he is. There he is. I think- John, what do you think? Do, do, we got, do we got a bet? Yeah, I take Cam. You take Dak. Yeah, I'll take Dak. You got Cam. Nice bet. That would be a good one. That would be a close one. I think. I really do. I think that would be a good one. But I think. Yeah, I almost. I was saying. I almost was thinking Cam, but I do still think it's going to be Dak. All right, that's the first bet of the night. Uh, let's go on to the next game. Let's see who do we got next. Tennessee, New England. Uh, Bobby, why don't you take that one for us? Uh, first, got to start off by saying Adrian Peterson cut. By his team uh, in Tennessee. Where did they cut him? Um, uh, <laughs> his hand. They whipped um, him. <laughs> um, all right. So he was. All right. I, I will use the term now. He was waved. He was waved goodbye. Um, and so he is no longer a Tennessee Titan. That, that little experiment didn't last long. Titans also made another move signing. Uh, Golden Tate to their practice squad today. Um, right. And so that maybe says something about the, the health of their current wide receivers. We did see uh, uh, AJ Brown go out for a little bit last week. Um, and so how much that, that injury is still impacted is one question. Same thing with Julio uh, never healthy Jones. Um, <laughs> nice name, Bob. Yeah, it was really, really subtle, really subtle, I thought. Um, you know, so it, it speaks to that to a certain degree. What he has left in the tank is a whole other question as well. But Titans, you know, they're, they're a very solid team. Um, but without Henry, I, I would have expected at least by this point that somebody would have emerged as like, here's the guy. We just have not yet seen that. I mean, we saw him just lay the biggest egg of eggs against Houston, which should have been just like a nice little layup for the whole team to stack on some points to get a good solid win. Um, So that's just an interesting thing. Now, looking at this week's game, um, let me pull up a couple things here while I'm talking. Uh, Tannehill is a fringe starter for me this week. Um who knows exactly what that, that game plan is going to look like. And new England is the second best team against quarterbacks. Um, they actually had just a laughable uh, defense last week in terms of what, uh, in terms of the quarterback play, I should say they had a negative uh, performance out of a quarterback in standard scoring, which oh. is, it is hard to do. Um because they were they intercepted so many times and did everything else. Um, so if you actually look at their last three games, because of that negative, they've only allowed eight points <laughs> their last three games to the quarterback position. If you go back even further, um, you have to go back to week six. 
So they've had five straight games of less than 20 points. And honestly, it's five straight games of less than 14 points with this uh, Patriots defense. So the secondary is just absolutely wild and crazy out there. Um, It's really just with that, with the matchup that they have, you're starting A.J. Brown, but I don't think you can really play anybody else. And that's only if A.J. Brown's healthy, obviously. Um, He is trending towards playing. But, man, this defense has just really turned it on over the last few weeks. And um, I don't know who you can actually trust. I mean, even to the wide receiver position, they've allowed less than 40 points to the entirety of the position over the last five weeks. Uh, this Patriots defense has. And so, I mean, <laughs> just just absolutely crazy what they've been able to do. So do you think it's more of a testament of the teams they've played or their defense just being that good? I think it, I think it's partly their defense being that good. Now, this is going to be a good NFL game. Um, I honestly don't know how many points are really going to be scored in this game. Uh, the only guys, so if I go back the last five weeks, they played the Jets, who scored one touchdown in the this target wide receiver position only. So they allowed one touchdown to wide receivers. Then they played the Chargers, good offense. They allowed two touchdowns to wide receivers, but only 138 total yards and 10 catches. That's to the entirety of the position of all wide receivers against them. Like that, you would hope that, you know, throwing A.J. Brown or really anybody else in there that, hey, this is my number one wide receiver most likely. I want to get six catches, 108 yards, and, and a touchdown. Not the entire wide receiver core gets 10 catches, 138 yards, and two touchdowns. And that's as of four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Now, they did play Carolina, Cleveland, and Atlanta. Not a lot to really speak about there, but in those games where they have played somebody with a little bit of testament to them, like Tampa Bay, right? A lot more receptions to wide receivers. No touchdowns to the wide receiver position, though. Dallas, a lot more receptions. 20 receptions to wide receivers. So they, they can let it up. But we're going back, you know, five, six weeks to be able to see something like that. And the, the role that some of these teams get on has some merit to it, I like to say. Yeah. Um, I like to think now. So basically, I say all that to just say, as I already said, AJ Brown's really the only guy that I'm trusting to start this week. Uh, you don't know who's in the backfield. Not wild about Tannehill as a streamer for the week. And, um, you know, who knows what you'll get out of their tight end position. Now, flip side, uh, other, other side of the ball. Um, Again, running backs, uh, I'm going to just jump over uh, Mac Jones. Don't know that you're really starting Mac Jones this week. He would be a deep flyer uh, in some leagues if it is, if he is someone that you're throwing in there, and that is really only because nobody else has an option. <laughs> like, if, if everyone's taken, um, the, the thing that you would lean on is that the Titans are the 30th ranked defense against quarterbacks. Um, you know, so they are allowing, they only have three games all season where they didn't allow a, a touchdown and only five games all season where they didn't allow multiple touchdowns. And so, you know, if somebody 
like that's one where hey, yeah, I'll take Mac Jones over Ryan Tannehill to score more points this week, kind of deal. Uh, just based on the matchup alone. But again, not somebody that I'm grabbing. Now, when you look at the running back position, uh, it seems like they're getting into almost a uh, like a, a three-headed monster of sorts with Bolden taking away some of the, especially the receiving down work. Um, Harris, I think, is still going to be the the guy leading the way, but you're not all too excited about Ramondre Stevenson taking away some of those carries, and it's becoming like a 60-20-20 split. Um, and, and really like a 50-30-20 split between these guys. Um, and, and so you can't get all too excited about any one of them, which is the unfortunate side of things. Um, now when you look at the wide receivers, um, let me pull there. Just I was looking at the whole entire NFL. Hold on. New England wide receivers. You were you were hoping more recently Jacoby Myers would be the guy to be really popping out here, but Kendrick Bourne is getting a lot more of the work, um, and he's the guy that you know if you're looking at a hot hand, you're probably going to be leaning towards Kendrick Bourne. Um, you know he has at least four targets in uh, the last five games, um, getting really solid production out of him there. Jacoby Myers. Not as much there. He does have uh, a good target share, but he's only catching like, I mean, he has a game where he had one catch for eight yards all game long. Like, and that was against Carolina. So it's not somebody that you're all too, uh, all too scared about. Um, he's only had the one touchdown on his whole career so far. I mean, this is the worst defense against wide receivers. Um, and so just something to, kind of really pay attention to here we are this is what i can see as an even numbered week which means that the tennessee titans will give up at least two touchdowns to wide receivers because that is their trend two touchdowns wide receivers on even weeks odd weeks no touchdowns to wide receivers so which two or which guy is going to score two touchdowns you know kendrick Bourne. Nelson Aguilar, those are going to be the guys that are probably going to score this week here. Um, and that's just the wide receivers. And then you can look Hunter Henry. He's been the guy that you've been wanting all season long. Um, I was I was really mistaken there. I thought Johnny Smith was going to be that guy. No, it's Hunter Henry. And uh, if the Titans are good at anything, it is stopping the tight end position there, fifth best at that position. And so just something to, again, be aware of there. Um, if you have Hunter Henry, though, you are starting him. Also, love the kicker, love the defense. And, John, you just experienced why we don't give Bobby any poured out games. That That is – Yeah, that was – How is this if, a if you, if you took – I think if you John took the, yawned if, in between your analysis How is this a there. poured out game? If, it's if, not if, so much necessarily a poured out game, but it's not a seven-minute analysis. That was <laughs> That was nine minutes. Yeah, but that's what needed to be done. If we did that for every game, Bobby, we'd have a two-hour podcast. Holy cow. That was a nine-hour conversation with Tennessee being maybe Sir Hannes Tannehill and A.J. Brown and no one else. (laughs) Yeah, but I just summed up your conversation in two seconds. (laughs) All right, moving on. We're on to Cincinnati, Bobby. 
Yeah, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. We are on to Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. This is bullshit. All right. Do not expect (laughs) Cincinnati to have the same kind of game that the Chargers had. Coming back, it looks like Joe Horn, TJ Watt, and Fitzpatrick will all be back for the game Sunday. So the core of their defense should be back. And I do not expect the the Bengals to have the same success that the Chargers did last week. For um, On the Cincinnati side, I still think it's a good game for Burrow. Um, I think he's kind of a low-end quarterback if you're kind of on the streaming side or um, don't have one of the kind of top eight guys. I think Chase is the wide re- – I feel like it's hard to start Higgins or Boyd. I think Higgins j- just sways too much of a hit or miss. He only had three targets last week against Vegas. Um, I think Chase is the clear number one. Um, Uzma tight end, I think he kind of shows here, either going to get 20 points or two points for him. So he's just that high floor or low floor, high ceiling guy. Um, and then Mixon, if you have Mixon and Harris, you're starting them at running back. It doesn't really matter what the matchup is. Um, it's not particularly a great matchup for Mixon, but it is a good matchup for Harris. Then for Pittsburgh, I mean, you look at the just look at the production that Johnson's had four of his last 13, four of his last or three of his last four games, he has 13 targets. So he's just a target monster, has a ton of production. Um, Claypool comes back last week. Um, and then he has nine targets. So I think he still has enough upside to be that wide receiver three, but he's not going to get into that wide receiver two, wide receiver one range. Um, and then baby Gronk is kind of a good low end uh, tight end. If you have him, you probably don't have a better option. So you're probably starting him. Well, and Ebron is looking like he's going to be out for potentially the remainder of the season with a knee injury. Uh, he's pretty much out anyway. It's not like he'd been doing much from a production standpoint. Um, really? To that note, uh, real quick, John. On, didn't uh, didn't Eric Ebron Nixon's... score a touchdown last week? Yes, I, I said that's kids. pretty. That's pretty okay. productive. He has not had more than three targets in a game this year. Thank you, John. Um, on the Cincinnati production. side, though, uh, just to, I know you said Mixon doesn't have a necessarily good matchup. He has played very well these last few weeks and could be a, still a decent start. Not that we need to go any more in depth on what you've already done, John. I appreciate it. Good job. I have Atlanta Jacksonville next, and this one because Bobby took nine minutes. I'm going to try to stay inside of a minute to a minute and a half here. Okay. So I'm going to start with a team that actually has a little bit more to talk about, and that's the Falcon. Well, shit. Maybe Jack. No, they both suck. Uh, so James Robinson, I'm starting if, uh, if I got anybody. If you need a, a kind of like a, a streaming option at quarterback, Lawrence could be a good option this week. He's just proven he's not really going to do a whole lot for you. Uh, I'm not really excited about starting any of the wide receivers. Uh, the Falcons actually have a decent cornerback, and Terrell uh, has played pretty well all year. The one guy I'm curious about on the Atlanta side, just to kind of pay attention to, is Cordero Patterson. He's uh, listed on uh, as questionable with an ankle. If he plays, I think he's a good play for you. Uh, if not, the only other person to really consider in Atlanta is Kyle Pitts. 
Uh, and that is pretty much where you're at with that game. I don't know if there's a whole lot more to add. Uh, maybe Jacksonville defense or Atlanta's defense if you're looking for a streamer. Um, but that's really it for me on that game. How'd I do? Is that close to a minute and a half? That was exactly one minute. Yep. Awesome. Great job, Joe. <laughs> All right, next game, uh, we're gonna we're gonna give it to Bob. We'll see how he does. At least we're not giving him John. At least I, we're not giving. I wasn't him the Rams. given a timeline last time. <laughs> yeah, at least we're not giving him the Rams Packers instead. Oh, Rams gets, Packers. No, okay, no, no, no. So you Rams, get the Chargers, Chargers, Denver. Chargers, Denver. Bob. This might be Chargers, worse. It could be worse. I'm see, hoping it could be. Not, but we'll see. All right, all right. So Rams, Denver. You guys are the Rams side of the ball. Um, staff. Wait, Rams, Denver. That's not right. <laughs> Chargers, Denver. <laughs> Chargers. Wrong LA team. Yeah. All right, Justin Herbert, you're starting him. It's Denver. They're good, but you're still starting him, uh, regardless of the matchup. Now, one thing that's interesting, Denver hasn't allowed more than two touchdowns quarterbacks in a single game. So to expect him to have you know something big like he did the last couple of weeks here with a multi-three you know touchdown game, which he's done four times this year, uh, not all too likely. This is the first time they're playing Denver. At this point in the year, sometimes we do see that they've had multiple games against the same team, and so we can, you know, be able to play off of that last game uh, for some analysis. But don't get that opportunity here. Um, Austin Eckler, you're playing him. Wide receivers, you're going with Keenan Allen. You're going with Mike Williams. Hopefully Williams can kind of turn it back around and, and be a little bit more of what he was those first couple of games. Um, you know, they're kind of middle of the pack. They've given up multiple touchdowns and at least 30 points to the wide receiver position um, every week, except for one since week four. Uh, and so that's something to kind of hang your hat on in terms of what you can expect out of the Chargers here. Um, not really starting a tight end in this game against them. If you do, it's probably Jared Cook. Um, Jumping over Denver side of the ball, you like both of their running back. I'm just gonna skip right over Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you're not playing him. Um, hopefully, at least um, Melvin Gordon. He's just a touchdown monster. He gets he finds a way to get himself into the end zone. Javante Williams, I love a lot as well. I think you can get a lot of production out of these guys. And twenty uh, fourth, uh, so bottom seven team against the uh, rush here. So. Quick They'll question, probably Bobby. On that end. Possible bet. Who do you like better, Javante or um, what's I'll go Javante or, or Gordon? Yeah. I want to say Javante, but my kid's name is Mel, uh, is Gordon, so I'm going to go Melvin Gordon. Okay. Well, I was thinking Gordon, too, so never mind. No bet. Okay. Um, all right. So then uh, let's. You, you got Jerry Judy on his rookie contract still. They signed Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton both to big contracts. Um, they're probably shoring things up to get ready for uh, Aaron Rodgers to come and play for them or something here. But not really going to expect a lot out of wide receivers here this week. They're playing against second-best uh, defense in terms of fantasy points allowed. Again, uh, here we're looking at only five wide receiver touchdowns all season long. So definitely temper expectations there. The way that you can – dagger the chargers is at the tight end position they are second worst here um they have only three games where they didn't allow a tight end touchdown uh and they allowed two touchdowns in each of the last two weeks to the tight end position so very much like Noah fant not bad 
You did a better job. John, you got Rams, Green Bay. Rams and Green Bay. Um, I think this probably expect to be a more high scoring, high paced games based on how they have been playing the last few weeks. Um, I think Stafford and Rodgers are both easily startable. Rodgers has the tougher matchup going against the Rams defense, but they have not looked kind of elite like you thought they would with um, Ramsey and then Miller maybe um, kind of coming out of the bye. Maybe he'll be more integrated into the defense, so maybe they can be a little bit tougher. But still, I think there's enough scoring potential where you want to have Rodgers – Running back, I think it really kind of – I mean, you're starting Henderson and you're starting whoever is the starter for Green Bay of Jones or Dylan. I think it's just – Jones is probably going to be close to a game-time decision. I think it makes it kind of tough because you have three Thursday night games and then they're an afternoon game. So you might not have time to kind of wait on that decision of if he play or if he will or won't play. Right. Um, so I feel like it's kind of unless you have a really good option um, later, which there aren't as many good running backs in later games. Um, one, one it might, it might not be a bad. It might not be a bad game to start Dylan, even if Jones does suit up. Right. One thing they want to inject real quick there with with Aaron Jones. Um, they have their bye next week, and Green Bay is typically in, in at least in their past been conservative with injuries. And so my expectation is that Aaron Jones will sit again this week. So if I had to make that decision because all my other running backs are playing or something or in those early games, um, I'm going to lean on sitting him this week and just living with that. Yeah. And then for, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, And then for wide receiver, I mean, you're certain cup, you're certain Devontae. I think the wide receiver who gives me the most intrigue, who I talked about last week, is Valdez Scantlin. He was Green Bay's wide receiver, too, last year. Came back last week, had 10 targets, got four catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, And Rodgers was just looking to go deep to him all game. I think with – Ramsey expect him to be on Devontae for a lot of the game. So I think it could be a big Valdez Scantling game. Um, I think he's someone who's um, could be available on the waiver wire. So I think he's a good pickup, a good add to, has that wide receiver to upside. Um, then I think if you're an Odell owner, I think this is kind of the week that you're waiting to see. They're coming out of the bye. I think first week he didn't play a lot, still learning the playbook. So if he's going to come out and kind of resurrect any part of his season, it's going to be this week. Um, So I think – I don't know that I would start him. But I think if he has a bad week this week, then I think he kind of goes into that drop area. Um, right, he kind of solidifies himself at least on your bench for a while. Like yeah. I, I, he's a guy that I have to see it from first. Yeah, I'm not starting him unless I'm desperate. And then, I mean, I think Higby's just kind of in that that you know tight end seven to tight end fifteen where 
it's not a terrible matchup, I think, with Woods out and with Odell not really proving himself yet. I think he's a good start. Good. Yeah, I yeah, good. Very good. All right, let's get into the last game, unless Bobby's got a comment before we go. Good. All right, uh, San Fran, Minnesota. I get this one. Finally, I don't always get to talk about the Minnesota games. I try to give them to you guys so that I don't have uh, to sit here and talk about how much I love the Vikings. But today I get to. So I'm going to start on the opposite side because I don't like to talk about them a lot, but I think there's some value in fantasy this week uh, in San Francisco. We talk a little bit about streaming quarterbacks on a week-to-week basis. I think Garoppolo is a pretty good stream this week. A couple quick notes on him. He's had two touchdowns the last three games in a row. Um, he's had in the last two of his uh, two of his last four games, he's passed over 300 yards. The matchup is great. Uh, unfortunately, the Vikings just have not been great uh, in stopping anybody, which is a little bit of a repeat of last year, although I think the defense is at least a little bit better. Um, but they just, just aren't stopping teams. So this could be another one of those uh, shootouts uh, that can get a little bit you know, high-paced. Uh, depending on how both teams perform and play as we go. But overall, I do like uh, Garoppolo as a good streaming option at quarterback if you need one. On the running back side, kind of an interesting development overall in, in, at running back for San Francisco. Looks like Eli Mitchell is still kind of bothered by a finger. That's a tough injury in general. Uh, if he plays, he's, he's still questionable. Trent, if he plays. Yeah. Trending uh, towards playing this week is a projection yeah, I, on him, but he's just you keep know an eye on things. It. You broke a finger two weeks ago, you know. You go start playing again; it's probably not very hard to break, right? So he's tough. Like I don't know if I'm playing him. The other guy in the backfield is Wilson uh, and Jeff Wilson Jr. And I, I again, kind of the same thing. I think both those guys will will kind of have a split in this upcoming game against the Vikings. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm starting either of them, but if I need a depth, you know, play because, you know, if, you know, for whatever reason, if I need to play somebody that, that wouldn't be a terrible option of somebody to consider, um, from a depth standpoint, but don't, yeah, and I, I think when you look at San Francisco, their leading rusher last week was Debo. Well, and that was the point I was just going to make. He he had like nine snaps at running back and eight carries. I mean, he made more fancy points at running back than he did at wide receiver last week, which is abnormal for him. Um, so it's an so interesting where, development for them at running back. I, I don't like to be on the side of a bet against the Vikings, but where do you feel like – I mean, you're saying I, I don't know if I'm going to start the starting running back for San Francisco. Where do you feel like they're going to finish this week? What do you mean, the starting running back? Yeah. So is it between Eli Mitchell like, and Jeff Wilson so, Jr.? Yeah, yeah. If, okay, if so Elijah Mitchell think, starts, I don't do you think they're like startable he... this week as a RB two. So I go under the top twenty four. Okay, I'll take that bet. I think that I think that if Elijah Mitchell is a starter, Wait, he is you, a, a top twenty four running if, back. If then, but bet. Well. Yeah, if this happens, if, but this doesn't well, no, happen, then this no, happens. No, if Elijah I'll Mitchell is healthy and starting, he will be a top twenty-four running back. If Elijah Mitchell is out, Jeff Wilson Jr. will be a top twenty-four running back. Yeah, I'll take that bet. I mean, I don't yeah. think that they are this week. I know the Vikings. Yeah. It's, it's and a if good they're both healthy, for them, but I just don't think if either of them are healthy, I just, they're not going to get up the ball enough. It's just not enough. No. That's my opinion, and I like that your opinion is different so we can have another bet. I don't mind that because we need to catch up, and I hope I get this one right for the change. 
Because you've been right way too many times for my liking in this betting game. Yeah, you're not good at this betting game. Yeah, normally we're pretty even, but right now I think you're kind of kicking ass. All right, let me get on with this because uh, I do want to get to the Vikings real quick. On the wide receiver side for San Francisco, this is where most of the points, I believe, are going to be scored. Brandon Ayuk is finally starting to come around a little bit. Um, so if you w- were the guy that held on to him and hoping that he'd turn into something, uh, this could be a good week for you. And then Debo has been as consistent as you can ask for uh, in his position, and you've got some great value out of him depending on when he was drafted uh, in your draft. Uh, and then finally, uh, Kittle, George Kittle, great pick. Uh, he, the tough thing about him this week, Vikings are pretty good against tight ends. They haven't allowed a whole lot of scoring from that position. Um, so yeah, yeah crazy, it's... crazy thing. Vikings have allowed one tight end touchdown all season long. And that was after like a scrambling, weird, broken play thing, whatever happened with, uh, um, Rogers last week. Yeah. And it was like Steve... a third string tight end that barely <laughs> right. got separation and somehow cut the ball. Yeah. <laughs> right. So again, like I said, that's I... the only touchdown all season that they've, they've allowed. Yeah, to tight ends, which, again, they've been good. But I, I still think, you know, if you have Kittle, he's still probably your best option. So he's still more likely a startable guy for you. I just don't expect a ton. You're not going to get a big week out of him, I wouldn't think. On the Minnesota side of the ball, um, I think this is a great Kirk week. Um, not that San Francisco is necessarily bad because uh, they're, they're really not. I mean, they're in their 20s on DraftKings ranking-wise against quarterbacks. I think uh, John said this earlier in our last podcast that Minnesota, I think, has found the right formula for winning football games. Uh, and that formula is getting the ball to Justin Jefferson, right? Uh, I, I, if they do that, they open up the lanes for Dalvin Cook. Heck, they even, if, they, if teams start double teaming uh, Jefferson, then Thielen gets more involved. So if we just create the right, you know, pace to begin the game. I think they can really get on a good roll and have some good opportunities. So anyway, so for the Vikings, Kirk, I think is a good start this week. Um, I, I, everybody else is kind of a no-brainer to me. Cook, every week is a starter. Jefferson, every week is a starter. Thielen, every week is a starter. Anybody beyond that, if you have a tight end and you're thinking Conklin, I don't think this is the week for him. Um, you know, Historically, uh, San Francisco has been a, a pretty good defense. It's not like they all of a sudden aren't anymore, and they're pretty good against uh, tight ends and rank pretty good against the pass overall. But, but like I said, I, I think those are the guys that uh, you're looking at starting in this game. Mm-hmm. All right. Disagreements here. Yeah. All righty. So I guess we got just a, a little bit more left here. Let's, let's finish up these last two games. Um, Bobby, I'm going to let you take the first one. You got Cleveland, Baltimore. Uh, Cleveland side of the ball. You're not touching. I don't like any of the pass catchers in this game at all. Uh, you're starting Chubb. Move on. Uh, next side of the ball, you really like everybody else. Um, when when you're looking at this game, um, when when taking a look at Baltimore, um, more than likely that we will have Lamar Jackson back after kind of that weird whatever illness thing he had going on there. Um, you're playing him. Devonta Freeman is like weirdly Devonta Freeman of old here. Um, he's scoring touchdowns left and right these last couple of weeks. Um, you know, just looking uh, 
what a touchdown every game except for one in the last four, last five games. Um, really, since he took on that starting role, so to speak, and so just someone that again, you're you're starting him. He's in the top twenty-five. Murray will take some some rushes, but nothing too major. We're still waiting for that big Rashad Bateman breakout game. I don't know that we're going to get it this week. Um, Marquise Brown should be solid again this week here too. Um, but when when you look at the the defense here of the Browns. They have almost just as many games without touchdowns to wide receivers as they have allowed multiple, um, actually more games without touchdowns than they have with multiple games. And so um, kind of temper expectations there. Mark Andrews, love him. He's just been, you know, solid, solid production value each and every single week. Um, at least eight targets in each of the last three games. Um, catching at least five balls in each of those games as well and uh, getting into double digits almost every single week there too. So um, you're, you're starting him as well. Good. All right, John, you want to wrap us up? Last game, Monday night, Seattle, Washington. Monday night football, Seattle, Washington. So I think for this game, I mean, both quarterbacks go up against favorable matchups against the defenses. So I think Russell has just not looked like himself since he came back from the injury. So I think if I have, but I think if I have Wilson, I probably don't have a better option. So I'm still starting him against a Washington team. That's um, a lot of loss scoring and really their defense has not looked like the defense of old, although they've played a little bit better over the last um, three weeks. Um, then at running back, I think, you know, Collins is the guy in Seattle for the rest of the year, but he's not much of a guy. I mean, he hasn't scored. He hasn't gotten six points, more than six points since week six. So the last four games, he scored under six points. So I feel like even though he's the guy in Seattle, it's a tougher matchup in for running backs against Washington. So I think Collins, I'm fine um, leaving on the bench unless I'm really desperate for the week. Um, I think Gibson is a good start this week against Seattle. Seattle's 31st against running backs. Gibson, even though he hasn't had the production you want it, he's still getting the volume where you just feel like eventually he's going to, he'll give you weeks like week 10 where, um, even against a good Tampa Bay defense, he got um, over 20 points. So I think Gibson against a bad Seattle defense is where you want to go in the Washington backfield. And then um, I think at wide receiver, it seems pretty simple. Lockett and Metcalf are easy starts. Um, Lockett's kind of just the prototypical boomer bust. Um Metcalf is coming off of kind of two really poor weeks, but he still gets the target, still gets the bottom where he should have the production against a um, kind of bottom five Washington defense against the pass. And then, you know, tight end, I think watch if Logan Thomas comes back. Other than that, um, I'm not really looking for much from tight ends for this game. 
I agree. And and I will mm-hmm. say Seattle, out of all things, still holds the greatest bet I've ever had against my brother that he was wrong and I was right. But he doesn't want to admit it. Whatever, it doesn't matter. So Seattle so you, you made up a yeah. you made up a bet. Uh-huh. You say you I can't it. believe you don't remember it. I really think you do remember it. You're just pretending I, like you don't. I do not remember this phantom bet that you've created in your head. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All right, let's talk about uh, what we got for this week. Bobby, I'm going to let you go first. What's your prediction for the week? Uh, my prediction is that Joe's not going to bring up some weird bet from 2011. Well, you've already lost that weird bet. That's weird <laughs> prediction that you just are wrong because I just <laughs> did. So what? But do you have one? I mean, I, I will say I've done a poor job this week of preparing for this part. Um, so do you, does anybody, you know, Bob, do you have a, a, a good bold prediction? Yeah. So, week? so I'm going to, I'm going to start off the week, um, and look at Turkey day and okay. I'm going to say that Andy Dalton is a top 10 quarterback this week. Yes, yeah, so that's right. Andy Dalton top 10. That's get laughable. Your, get your turkeys ready for some carving. Because Andy Dalton's going to do it with a football. Carve up some turkeys. That is that is laughable. Um, I'll talk real quick on, on my last week. So last week I was really excited. I was watching all these games. And John and I were sitting here watching the, the, the Vikings and seeing how some of these other games are going. And I looked at him. I said, oh, my gosh, my bold prediction might be true. Detroit might win. The Jets might win. The Vikings are going to win. And all these upsets that I picked – and then, like, all of them lost. <laughs> they were right there. Uh, I think Houston won and the Vikings won, and then everybody else couldn't find a way to, to finish the deal. So this week I have a little bit of a different uh, bold prediction. Is this one um, actually fantasy relevant? Or is it, it is NFL fantasy relevant? relevant. I believe that the Los Angeles Rams-Green Bay game, all of the players in that game – with the exception of Adams and Cooper Cup, will not be in the top 12 at their positions. In other words, aren't startable as an RB1, QB1, or tight end ones. Does that make sense? No. So basically, I don't think Stafford and Rodgers are going to be a top 12 quarterback. I don't believe that any of the running backs in the game will be in the top 12 nor do I believe any tight ends of the game will be in top 12. Well, top top 12 or yeah, top 24? Top 12. Top, top 24. 12. Top 12. RB1s. Oh, no, no, no. And top 24 for the running backs. Yes. Oh. That's a bold prediction. That's, that's I, don't, I don't want to make a bet on that. That is a bold you're prediction. Per, I think this is going to be a very – absolutely preposterous. I, you, you stole the word from my mouth, Bobby. I mean, it's a bold yep. – what's wrong with a bold prediction? Well, the, there's well, bold and then there's, there's dumb. Bold. There's both of those crazy. Well, originally I was going to have – well, I don't think the quarterbacks will be top 12. I, I'm going to stick with that. That's a, that's bold. Okay. The running backs maybe not being top 24 is preposterous, but I don't think no, it has to be – Yeah, I mean – Can you even name 24 side, running backs that are better, that are going to outperform Henderson and Dylan? Probably not, off the top of my right. head at least. But So within the realm of possibility here, I mean, I'm saying that Andy Dalton – Chicago Bears 
quarterback is okay, going to go out and I'll actually have a good game there. against a really I'll bad team. I'll change the running backs. The running backs will say top 15. You're, this is ridiculous. Why? Yeah. Just I'm pick trying one to have a player board. and say something. Bobby, my bold, my bold prediction is that somebody in the Thursday night games is going to be in tier one of any position. Oh, wow. This is really crazy there, John. Make a prediction about it. One single player, Joe. It's not this hard. Two weeks in a row, you just get absolutely wild with what you're saying. I hate you. I know. All right. Are we done? (laughs) Can we go? Can I I have a prediction? Oh, I thought you just made one. (laughs) No, I was just making fun of you. (laughs) I know. Go ahead, John. I predict that Cam Newton will be quarterback two at the end of the week. Whoa. Dak will he be quarterback no one then. Everybody, yeah. but that's fine. Whatever. Because that, that's I, a, I guess that's that's legit. a bold prediction that's... and something within inside the realm of possibility. Okay. Well, doesn't matter. Okay. I'm gonna update our scoreboard real quick. Um, one thing that was weird that happened last week: me and John had Friermuth versus Hawkinson, and they actually both scored exactly 11.1 points. That's impressive. So we we so had. Do a I win the bet then? No, we had a push. <laughs> I'd like to win that bet. I was gonna say we could either do half point each or nobody gets anything there. I went with nobody gets anything. Um, yeah. So as we sit here going into week twelve, Joe, you're in third place with five points. Um, John, you're in second. You got six points, and I am leading the pack here with fifteen points on closed out bets. <laughs> Congratulations, Bobby. So you're saying I'm making a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. All right. Uh, anything else before we go tonight, guys? I've had fun. We do have 12 open bets yet here. So there is still a possibility for people to kind of make a little bit of a comeback with some different things because we have some oh, season-long Bobby, bets and things going it, on. You make it sound like we don't so. have another 24. 24- five to 35 episodes that we're going to be doing where we'll probably make a ton more bets. Uh, Joe, it ain't, it Joe, ain't close Joe, over. You Joe, just time out. Joe, how many weeks are there in an NFL season? We're, are we not going to do this for the playoffs too? No, this is going to be the regular. Well, that will be its own little series. This is through the, through the end of the season here. Since when? All right. Good night. Bye. <laughs> Well, do you want to toast? I got a toast if you guys want to toast. Yeah, Joe, I'll let you toast us tonight here. I do have one, but I'll let you do it because you seem very eager. Well, I had a couple of them that I found because I was looking them up while you were talking for nine minutes on that one analysis that didn't make See, any sense. See, you, you, you made good use of the time. <laughs> I, it was a brilliant stall <laughs> tactic by me for you right, to this is be able to use. It, you guys may or may not like it. I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. So here you go. You ready? Grab your last little bit of your drink. Here it is. Here's to the storks that bring good babies, the crows that bring bad babies, and the swallows that bring no babies at all. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> all right. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.